We tend to think that our blocks are in our head, but they're often actually in our body. And as we start to do personal work, we can see this because we know that logically we shouldn't be scared of this or there's nothing to worry about or we want to be a certain way. We want to speak up for ourselves because we know that's how we're going to step into the next thing. And yet we can't do it. We're afraid. That fear lives in our body. So it's very much what's in our body that has an impact on what we create in the world. In this episode, I explain why the body is a key part of realizing our intentions and how to work with the body while microdosing to experience the most powerful transformation. This is Aliveness, the show that explores how to create the changes you need to make to experience the sense of aliveness you're longing for and how the power of plant medicine can accelerate that process for you. I'm your host, Allison Crossway, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns, shift into a new state of being, and ignite your aliveness. So let's talk about the spiral. We have the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual aspects of ourselves. And what we can tend to do is create a to-do list out of the spiral. So these are the things I have to do to take care of my body, my mind, my heart, my spirit. And the list becomes really, 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 really long. So I'm advocating for a switch from a self-care personal growth to-do list to a what's next approach. So we're spiraling through the aspects, paying attention to the one that needs the most attention, that gives us the most energy gain in the moment, and then coming to the others. So there's no required morning routine. There's a morning routine that works for you right now. But when there's no longer energy gain from that particular morning routine, you can move and move on. Because we are dynamic, growing, evolving beings. And just like what one does in kindergarten is not the same as what one does in grade four, what one does one year is not the same as what one does the next year or one month the next month. We are evolving beings. The approach is targeted and also unique to each of us. So that's the context for what I'm going to be talking to you about in these episodes about the aspects. In this particular aspect, we're going to talk about the body and how important it is for creating what we want to create in the world, which is obvious and both and also not obvious. So what's the physical aspect? It's the earth. It's the body. It's everything that has to do with the fact we have bodies. So bodies need homes. They need food. They need warmth. They need touch. Bodies need money in our society. All these things are the physical aspect. And they're the things that kind of bring us down to earth. That no matter how much we want to be up here, the body will bring us down to earth. It will root us. And this is where we get our power to actually act in the world is by being rooted to the ground. It's by definition everything on the planet, from your birth to your death, and everything in between. It's the fact of physicalness. So we're looking at the health of all the body systems. We're looking at digestion, musculoskeletal, respiratory, circulatory, 
And we're looking at our relationship to the earth, how we function here. The physical is always about the present moment, always. So why is the body so important in microdosing? Physical healing, as I said, is about the experience of having a body. The body is the vessel through which we create everything. I can only record as many episodes as my body is able to record, which for me is maybe three or four a day. And then my body says, I want to do something else, or I'm tired, or I need to eat, or whatever the case may be. The body is the vessel through which we realize our intentions. And all the systems of the body are included in this, our physical sensations, our ability to be present. It's all the physical. The body also stores our memories and our experiences. It is the body that has had all of the experiences. So even if we say, oh, I've processed that trauma, you may have, absolutely, but your body still did experience it and is informed by it. We tend to think that our blocks are in our head but they're often actually in our body. And as we start to do personal work, we can see this because we know that logically we shouldn't be scared of this or there's nothing to worry about or we want to be a certain way. We want to speak up for ourselves because we know that's how we're going to step into the next thing. And yet we can't do it. We're afraid. That fear lives in our body. So it's very much what's in our body that has an impact on what we create in the world. And a great book on this is The Body Keeps the Score. And I'll put that in the show notes by Vessel Vandercook. So what are the consequences of not addressing physical healing? Why is it more difficult to make changes if physical healing is not addressed? Well, I would say you can only go so far in terms of feeling really aligned and full if the body is not included in the process. Let's look at the example of Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a fantastic book about changing habits. We can read this. We can know what we need to do. What percentage of the people who've read that book have actually been able to long-lasting shift to habit? Nothing he says in there is wrong. He's, he's dead on. But there's another part of us acting. There's another part of us speaking. And if we're trying to shift ourselves, we have to acknowledge all of us. Otherwise, we're spending our energy fighting our body, which continually says, I want to scroll TikTok. I'm going to scroll TikTok, even though we're like, don't scroll TikTok. That's ridiculous. I want to scroll TikTok. Unless we're on board as a whole being with the project of change, it's going to be very hard to make lasting change. So we need to understand what the part of us that wants to scroll TikTok, what it needs, what it's expressing, why it's there, because it's beautiful and important. And that's a big part of the physical healing. It's the capacity to feel what we're actually feeling. Like, I want to write this blog post, but I'm scrolling TikTok. What is the part of me scrolling TikTok feeling? And so as I tap in in this moment, 
things that come to me potentially are things like, you're pushing, you're pushing me. And I feel a little tender in there. Like, yeah, I'm someone with a lot of fire, a lot of energy, and I have big dreams, and I push. And then there's another part of me that's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be pushed. So that's my personal dialogue to come into dialogue with. And that part of me is in the unconscious. It's outside my awareness. It's in my body. Why do I put the unconscious and the body together? Because where else would the unconscious really be, first off? But secondly, remember, your heart is pumping blood. You are breathing. Your kidneys are working. Your lungs are working. Your brain is doing all kinds of things without conscious awareness. You are alive without having to make yourself be alive. So the body is really running the show, even though we we don't really like to see it that way. The, The body gives us the capacity to feel and the capacity to act. So how does microdosing support physical healing? The medicine amplifies what is present for us so it can be released and we can step into a new pattern. So it will very often amp up patterns. So if we're going to use the TikTok example, TikTok might become really important and it might be it might be so feeling compelling that I'm like what is going on? I'm getting worse. No, it's just showing us what's there, this other part that needs the love. Being able to see a pattern allows us to step into a new one. So when the pattern is amplified, we have the chance to say, oh, what do you need? What can I do to release that pattern? Here's another example of how the physical interacts, and it's a nuanced example. So as I'm 47 years old, recently I've needed to get glasses, readers and then progressives. And this is common, normal for human beings in their 40s. And at one point, my eyesight was declining so significantly that I was a little scared. And I was in a microdosing cycle. And I had a particular intention and I, I just sort of thought to myself, okay, so I'm taking care of my eyes. I'm going to reduce the screen time. I'm getting, I'm going to the eye doctor. I'm getting checked. I'm doing the thing. What else might this be? What am I not seeing? In what way related to my microdosing intention, am I having difficulty seeing? Am I not looking? And instantly I knew exactly what I needed to see. And while I definitely still need the readers, the decline is not as steep because the medicine will highlight physical symptoms to help us do the work. I want to be really clear about something. There is a very dangerous narrative out there, very dangerous, and this is why I'm being super clear about it, that says, if I just did the work, I wouldn't have any problems with my eyes. If we have any physical illness, it starts in the mind. No, because then we're blaming people. We're saying that people who can't have children like myself, people who have cancer, well, I guess you're not doing the work right? This is not correct. Life is a mystery. And what we are asked to experience in this life is often very big and very challenging. 
And the challenges we get called into are out of love of life force, which is not sweet all the time. And there's no blame. We can't look at someone's path and say, oh, if they just cleaned up their thinking, they wouldn't experience this difficult thing. That's where some of this can get a little dodgy. So I just want to be really clear about that. I am 47 years old and my body is absolutely in the process of becoming unified with the universe, which is the process that we like to call aging. And there is nothing wrong with that natural process. In fact, it's very, very beautiful. That being said, our physical symptoms can absolutely illuminate pieces that pieces of our psychological, emotional, mental life. So what are we talking about when we talk about physical healing? Well, we're talking about all the systems of the body, as we mentioned. We're talking about the ability to be present. We're talking about strength, sleep, flexibility, energy, vitality, home, money. We're talking about all of these pieces when we're talking about physical. And we're definitely, absolutely talking about trauma. And I'm going to say more about that in a moment. I'm going to give you an example. I had a client who was very worried about her health. And she also had a fairly fragile energetic system. So she would get triggered quite quickly by the circumstances of her life. And you might say, okay, let's get to the bottom of that health anxiety. And we did. I mean, let's give some emotional space. Yeah, absolutely we did. But the first thing we did was strength training. Getting moving a little bit and some gentle martial arts. Then we layered in dancing. Then we layered in rage work. So that she was gaining the strength to express the feelings that she needed to express to feel connected to herself and present and alive, whatever the circumstances. The body is like the battery for our life force energy. Increasing our strength increases our capacity to feel and our capacity to act. So the body needs to be strengthened in a very relaxed way, not in a pushing way, but in a very relaxed way. And the chi, the energy, the life force energy needs to be stoked and built so that we can withstand higher self-worth. And I use withstand. Higher self-worth is not an easy thing. It feels friggin' horrible when we get to the limits. We go, no, the shame. Ah, I don't want that. I'm going to step back. That's almost always what we do. We need the physical strength to be able to hold more. So how do we work with the body? Remember, it's a complex system and there's always one next step. We don't have to do it all. It's not a to-do list, but a range of possibilities and a one good next step. And that's really what I do with my clients is determine through the awareness tool, through conversation, through intuition, what is the best one next step. And the clients who do the best with me take that one next step that we agree on together and go deep and hard on it in sometimes a very relaxed way, but because sometimes the one next thing is to relax. 
It's a paradox, but they go for it. And then in a week or so, they're ready for the next thing. And they move through like that. So one thing you're doing with the body is you're listening to its messages and you're honoring it. So it's not just a stiff neck. It's not just trouble seeing. It's really being with these symptoms and letting them speak, maybe going into a kind of meditative state and asking them to speak and express what they are expressing. It's caring for our physical needs. So it's staying really well hydrated with electrolytes, especially when microdosing. It's strength, it's functional medicine, it's herbs, it's sleep, all those pieces of the puzzle. The physical is grounding practices, most definitely really helpful. Getting your feet in the mud, feeling your feet, dandelion root tea, feeling warm. I've got an electric blanket on my legs right now. It's a chilly fall day in Toronto. Physical is often about grounding. Food, food is grounding too. Breath work can be really uh, helpful. And again, remember, we are, this is not a to-do list. These are the range of possibilities that exist. Financial healing, money mindset work, getting your money organized, taking steps to organize your money, retaining money, using money for good things, earning money, all those pieces of the puzzle. And then finally, I want to talk a little bit about trauma work here. Trauma exists in the body. So trauma, what is trauma? Trauma is an experience we cannot take in. We cannot feel. It's too much for us. And so we go into fight or flight or play dead or um, people pleasing. Whatever it is, we're not able to be present and feel. And here's the thing about trauma. What's traumatic for us at one point in our lives is not traumatic later. Little things can be extremely impactful, especially when we're small. Also, what's traumatic for one person is not necessarily traumatic for another person. We have different energy systems, different experiences, different contexts. So trauma is not about the event, although there are certainly some devastating things that happen to people that are generally traumatic for them. It is about the experience that the human being has. And when we have these experiences that we cannot hold in our body, we cannot feel them in the moment, we then are not able to be present. So if we have trouble, we're always in our heads ruminating, da, 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 da. or if we can't move and we're all flat, both those are traumatic reactions. We're not able to be present and feel and be in flow and be creative in the moment. That's the sign we're in a traumatic reaction. And how do we work with trauma? Very, very gently. And this is why, while I have explored all types of wild healing containers. And I'm all for the wild times in life. They're fun. I want to caution everyone who wants to do really deep work about going into very intense containers that work on psychedelics, public speaking, sex, and throw you in the deep end with this idea that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and you can, you know, pull it all together. And I completely agree that you probably can. And it may hurt you in ways you don't even understand. And putting that all back together may be more challenging and take more time, money, and energy than the container did in the first place. Remember that when we're in a traumatic reaction, we very often cannot say no. We don't have even access to 
whether we are on board with something or not on board with something. So the word of the day with trauma is titration. You just want to feel a little bit of the feeling, like look at it. Oh, mm, oh, that was so sad. Feel it, feel it, and stay in the zone of tolerance where you can be present. And you're just taking in a little bit and staying present, coming back to that zone where you can actually be present in work. There is little benefit to whacking yourself outside of your zone, whether hyper arousal, sorry, hyper arousal or hypo arousal. Neither of those things really serve. So that's, uh, that's how trauma work is best done is with little bits of titration. So in summary, the body is the battery. It contains the life force that allows us to feel and act in the world. What keeps us from what we want is often lodged in our bodies, expressing emotions we couldn't feel at the time, which the medicine is very good at dislodging, offers us an opportunity to choose in the present moment what we do and thus shift the pattern. Allowing the medicine to highlight these areas to us and being open to making these shifts is often the difference between, I just tried microdosing and having a life-changing experience. If this episode of Aliveness resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on your podcast app. Reviews make it possible for me to connect with more people just like you who are looking for inspiration and guidance on their journey to create a full, juicy life filled with aliveness. Be sure to subscribe so you get all the juicy episodes to come. And if you have a friend who is deep into their personal growth and healing journey, share this podcast with them too. Now go out and experience the aliveness that's here for you today. If what I'm sharing in this episode is resonating with you, take the next step on your journey and join me for a free workshop where I'll share how to get results with microdosing, what the process looks like, and answer your biggest questions like, is it safe and will I feel high? You can register for this experience by visiting alisoncrossway.com slash microdosing talk.